Welcome into One and Done Radio. Wherever you are, however you are listening, whether it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podomatic, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pandora, Podcorn, Podbean, and anything else that is out there, thanks for making One and Done Radio a part of your day. Uh, lots to talk about in this episode. I talk about the Marlins outbreak during the season of baseball. Um, kind of go into details about that a little bit. Then I talk about, I kind of grade the Jamal Adams trade, which is a big trade in the NFL. And I talk about the Lou Williams quarantine situation that's going on and what happened. It's kind of funny of how everything happens. Um, all that on the show. Actually, I end my, uh, I end my show with an inspirational quote. I think I'm going to start doing that now in every episode. An inspirational sports quote because this is a sports show, right? So, yeah, that, that happens at the end. Just, uh, yeah, stay around for that. All that on the show. Let's go. So, um, obviously, I think big news, baseball's back, right? I think baseball is back with a 60-game season. And with that comes, can we make this work? Um, I want to talk about the obviously the big news that came out recently. First off, my Detroit Tigers are two and two. I was just saying I'm a little excited for that. Um, uh, just a little, not a lot, but you know, it is what it is. What I want to talk about is the outbreak that happened with the Miami Marlins, right? So, what happened is fourteen. There's eleven. No, it was like eleven players and. Two coaches had tested positive for COVID. Um, and now that everyone's thinking, oh my God, is the season in jeopardy? This, is this how it ends? Season just got started, now it's about to end. Relax. You think baseball has prepared for this? There's no way that baseball hasn't thought about, oh, what happens if someone does test positive, okay? So that's actually the kind of funny thing about that. Baseball is actually set up for this. They are prepared for this, okay? Let's explain how. So they actually have a taxi squad of up to 30 players. So it's kind of like someone goes down, hey, you got to just bring in somebody else if you want to keep playing. Now, I know that Marlins had a, a game. I think they had some games postponed because of the situation. But they're just going to have to bring these guys in and say, hey, I just go play. Like, if you want a season to happen for baseball, this is what it takes. Unfortunately, there is no bubble, right? There is no way to try and make every team play in one single stadium or one single city. Like, this is, this is just not really a plausible way to make that happen. Baseball is just trying to obviously keep a season going. So, is the Marlins season in jeopardy? No. But if it does become in jeopardy, if it does become an issue where the season will, like the Marlins season cannot happen anymore, then baseball will probably stop. This all kind of goes in effect of, and this is actually the one thing that I want to kind of throw out there, is... Major sports, not I mean major, but okay, so NFL and college football. Those are the next sports that are coming around. 
college football, actually, I believe Illinois had two, the University of Illinois had two players come out and said, I'm not going to play. I just can't, with, I don't, I cannot go without seeing my family, my, my girlfriend, spouses, whatever. I cannot go without seeing them during a season. And obviously during the season, we have a situation where if we don't, if we do play, I can't see them. And that, that can't happen. I need to see them. So I get that. And I know that coaches, like, there's never a wrong decision, again, when someone chooses to sit out due to COVID. There's never a wrong decision. But going back to the Marlins, baseball has prepared for this. Okay, Do you, did baseball really think, and I, I can promise you, and I, you guys know this as well, did baseball and us as fans really think we were going to have a whole season happen without any positive cases? There is no bubble for baseball. You can try. You can literally say, guys, you can, you can, you guys like either stay at the facility or stay at a hotel during the whole season, but that's just not going to happen. Why? Because baseball players are still going home to their families whenever they can. And yes, these guys are being tested every day. They're making sure they get the temperatures checked, symptoms, shove that thing up their nose. I think, I don't know. I haven't been tested for COVID because I just haven't. I've been showing any signs or been exposed to anybody that actually has had COVID. I do have family that does, but I haven't seen them in months and months and months. And they've recently just got it. Um, doing well though, they're doing fine, they're, they're, they're doing great. So, back to the Marlins. And I think, again, with baseball, and just, this is, my point is just to ease the comfort of people worrying that, is this the end of baseball? We just, we just got started. No, this is fine, okay? Is getting tested for positive for COVID fine? No. But is Having a plan set up, fine. Yes, and that's what baseball has. They have this plan where they have the players and they're going to, if someone, if the team or someone on the team tests positive, they have a system set up where they'll make up some games with double headers, whatever it might be, to try and make the season happen. But again, this is what I will say. If it comes down to where the Miami Marlins season does become in jeopardy and maybe something happens where they cannot play anymore, then... That is when you have a problem. As of right now, though, I don't see that issue becoming a problem for the Miami Marlins. Uh, so, obviously, big news the other day with Jamal Adams and the trade. And I just, I just love. Can I just go and say one thing? There's always, there always has to be like. I feel like every time a trade happens, there always has to be who was the winner, who was the loser. Like, okay, like, like, shut up. Sometimes there's just both winners, okay? That's just like, you know, we're trading like uh, Pokemon cards or whatever, or baseball cards. I don't know. I don't do that stuff. But like when I used to, years ago when I was a kid, you know, you just make a trade with somebody with a playing card or whatever it is, and it was just a fair trade. You both got what you wanted, okay? That, that's my point in this. And obviously, so the trade that happened the other day, the, the Jets gave up Jamal Adams and a fourth-round pick 
to the Seahawks for, uh, I forgot who the safety was, Bradley McDougal, excuse me, two first-round picks and a third. Okay? All that went to the Jets. Seattle gets Jamal Adams and a fourth-rounder. My point is this. Both teams won this trade. Like, both got what they wanted. The Jets, it was never going to work out with Jamal Adams. Like, when Jamal Adams called out Adam Gase, this is what I have seen almost all the time. And very rare. Like, when the, um, I forgot that coach's name from the New York Giants. Uh, but he was terrible. And he, when he benched Eli Manning, completely forgot his name. I'm going to remember it at some point, and it's really going to make me uh, kind of, you know, whatever. Um, when he benched Eli Manning, and they lost, and he would call out Eli Manning, he got fired. And as soon as he got fired, the next coach, the interim coach, said, Eli, you're starting. That is disrespectful. How dare he bench you? Okay. A lot of times, you don't see coaches get let go when a player calls them out. Okay, You don't see that. When a player calls a coach out, a lot of the times, the owners, the GMs, who I'm sure Jets did not want to trade Jamal Adams. I'm positive that you want to keep a guy who you can make the case that say he's a top safety in the game. But he really, I mean, he's no doubt top five. But you can easily make the case in he's number one. But Jamal Adams, he, there was just no hope in saving him. Like, he's, he called out Adam Gase and said, this is not the guy to lead our team. And when your GM and your owner still believes in, Adam, in the head coach, or even not, not even like fully believes, but like to set a message to saying you will never call out your head coach. You'll get traded, and I'm sure Jamal Adams is excited. Like, listen, Seattle. I'm well. Okay, the city of Seattle. I heard is like all raining. I don't know how true that is. I'm, I've seen some sun on games. I've seen the sun, but a lot of times I heard it's raining. Whatever. Um, I'm sure he's excited to go and play for us. Like. Seattle is a Super Bowl contending team. Like with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, a guy who's a stud coming up, you know, and now you add a top tier safety to your defense that's already a good defense. <clears throat> Not the Legion of Boom that it was years ago, but still like a great defense. Now you add him, I mean, that's definitely a, a, an upgrade as far as a Super Bowl chance. So, my thing is the Jets won with their point too. So, the Jets, how the Jets won is, I mean, you get two first rounders and a third rounder for safety, which I don't know how good Bradley McDougal is. um, I think I made his name right. I probably messed it up. Okay. Um, I don't know how good he is. I don't think he's, he's not Jamal Adams good, but he's probably something that maybe the Jets can work with. I mean, he's only, I mean, he's only been in the league for what, like a year, maybe two. He, he's fine. He's not that, not not a stud. But you never know what, what can happen in New York. He may go to New York and may, you know, find some motivation. Who knows? So, 
But you get two first. I mean, think about those two first round picks on top of yours. So you're telling me that you may have, I believe, I could be wrong. They may have four first round picks in the next two drafts. If I'm wrong, that's if I'm right. That's that's good to have. That's a good build. Like you can build with that. You can build with around Stan Darnold if you still believe in him as your starting quarterback. And maybe you can find something that doesn't get pissed off by the organization. Who knows? So, my point again is, let's talk about the the winners. Both teams won. There's there's always a winner and a loser from some trades. And I just like, okay, we had to find the loser. There's no loser, in my opinion, in this trade. Like, the Jets are set for picks for the next two years. I mean, two. And plus, sometimes those third-round picks turn into, like, great talent, right? I mean, that's what, I mean, any player can become a great talent. But first-round picks for a guy that did not want to be there, okay? When he called your coach... And he called like this was a Jets move, a Jets move saying you will not call out your coach. Once they did that, and I kind of had a feeling that was coming. Like there's, I was like, there's no way they're just gonna fire the coach because then it sets a precedent. It sets of, well, if we don't like this coach, we can just complain about it to the media, and then he'll be fired. No, the Jets came down. So. Uh, do I think that Adam Gase is also the future of the Jets? No, I think he's a terrible coach. I don't think he's that good for the Jets. Um, so far, where he's been as far as a head coach, he hasn't really had a lot of success. So, with Adam Gase, though, do I think that maybe he's a decent coach? Yeah, I think he's maybe a good offensive coordinator. But as far as a head coach, I don't see it. But this is a move that the Jets said, you may not believe in him, but you will respect him. And this is actually a big thing. You have to respect your managers. Like, so, I mean, I used to work at, I guess I still do. No, not really. But at my old job, I guess I'd say that, you know, yeah, my old job, let's go Dick Sporting Against. I had a manager that I didn't like. Um, was very, not, not really nice to me. Uh, he did say, you know, not, really, not, not the nicest stuff to anybody, but you have to respect him. Okay, you may not like your manager, you may not like anybody at work, you may not care for anybody at work, but when you are working on the clock at that job, you have to respect them. And Jamal Adams just got to the point where he was not showing any respect to the Jets. Now I'm sure he felt reason for that because the Jets were saying, you don't have, like, we're not going to pay you whatever it is. But you still have to go and respect your team. Saying like, if, once you call out your coach like that and you say he's not the guy to lead us, I mean, the Jets said you're gone. And both teams benefited. Seattle got an upgrade, and the Jets will get upgrades for the next two years. So <laughs> I had to laugh at this story, and this is just about the uh, Lou Williams situation that happened in. Well, he left the bubble, and he went to Atlanta. I guess he went to like a strip club, or I don't know. And he got food. I'm just trying to like think, look at the whole thing. But the thing that I'm laughing at at the story is pretty much that Lou Williams 
So he went to this. He went to the, the strip club. My thing is, is that the owner of the place had like taken a picture and posted it on social media, and then he took it down. Posted it on, like, I think it was on Instagram or whatever, and then he took it down. Went to Twitter and said these words: "That was an old pic of me and Lou. I was just reminiscing because I miss him." Okay, that's cool. Um, little did this man understand that in the photograph, Lou Williams is holding a drink and wearing a mask that is given out inside the Orlando bubble. Like, dude, like that's not reminiscing. That's like that's just dumb. Like, it's only given out in the bubble. And I, I get it. the dude's just trying to cover up for Lou, and I get it. And when you have a, you know, your boy or your man, your bro, whatever it is, and you're trying to cover up for them, you're gonna do whatever you can to help out. Like Lou's probably said, "Dude, do not post that picture. I'm not supposed to be there." And apparently, he was like going to get some food. I get, I don't know. So, <laughs> this happened in Atlanta. I think it's only like three or four hours from Orlando. I actually know I think it's a little bit farther than that. So my man went to, like, I don't know what the whole story is. I'm just talking about the fact that Lou Williams went out there, went to the bubble, I went left the bubble, and now has to go through a 10-day quarantine, and he's going to miss some games. That's going to affect the seeding of the playoffs within the bubble. I mean, Lou Williams is 33 years old. He's a like probably the top six man in the NBA, depending on how you look at it. No doubt is he a, a huge asset to the Clippers. And now he's going to have to sit out for 10 days because he went to the place. My thing is just like, dude, like, if, if only you could have just not gone there with your mask on. Or you could have gone there with maybe a different mask on. Yeah, because I think if you had gone there without your mask, that would have been a problem. So I, I, I don't even know how that operation is going on with social distancing because I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of social distance when it comes to uh, the stuff that happens inside one of those. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see how. <laughs> Anyways, if Lou Williams would have worn a different mask, he could have easily said well, yeah, this happened like two months ago, whatever it was. I'm good now. And he would have been fine. But he wore the mask that the NBA gives you when you're in the bubble. So that really, uh, that didn't really work out too well. Unfortunately, now Willow Williams is going to have to miss 10 games or 10 days. And he's going to miss some games when it comes to the seeding at this point. So I want to finish out every, now I want to kind of finish out every one of my shows with. Um, kind of something inspirational, like a quote. Uh, actually, people that actually work with me or used to work with me at my jobs or whatever it is, they know that like every week I would post like an inspirational quote, depending on like sports or movies, whatever it was, or from a book. Uh, and I posted on I posted it for in the office to kind of motivate people for a week, for a day, whatever it was. Um, so my quote today is winning means you're willing to go longer, work harder, and give more than anyone else.
And that was said by Vince Lombardi. Pretty much whatever you do, just you, the fact that you keep going and you keep, you know, you don't stop at your goal. That's what winning really is in the end. That will do for today's episode of One and Done Radio. Thanks for tuning to the show. Be sure to subscribe to One and Done Radio on iTunes. And any questions, comments, feedback, fan mail, whatever it is, I'll read them on the air. You can send them to ryandunn1 at yahoo.com. Again, it's R-Y-A-N-D-U-N-N-E, the number one, at yahoo.com.